So, two weeks ago, we talked about just kind of like the basics of love and where love came from. Um, just the simple fact that God loves us and um, how we need to love God in return. Uh, then last week, we talked about loving uh, other people, loving everyone, and that's tricky. Um, next week is going to be a little different, a lot different, so pay attention to me right now. Right now. Um, next week is our guys and girls night, and in the past, we've just um, we've come all together at 6.30 and done kind of like normal youth groupy things, and then we've broken up for the message time. Next week, we're going to um, separate for the entire night. Um, so at 6.30, you guys can come at 5.30 like usual and do your refocus. And then uh, at 6 o'clock, you can come and hang out. We can do stuff. We can throw football around, whatever. And then at 6.30, um, we're going to boot the girls out. You guys are going to go over to my house uh, right across the parking lot. And Dina will lead the rest of the night for you guys. And then the guys will stay here. And I'll lead the rest of this night. We'll, we'll kind of still have games, and we'll do little mini worships and stuff, um, but it'll just be separate. So remember that next week, um, it's okay. Show up here at 6.30. We'll point you in the right direction if you forget. Now remember that's, that's happening next week. And um, I think next week is, is going to be good. It's honestly, the, the separate nights is one of the nights that I... I don't know what to say. It's not that I don't like to do it, but there's just, it's kind of interesting, intense, and a little difficult um, just because there's, there's a lot at stake, and it's really important. The different topics we're talking about are, are very important. Um, so make sure that you're there. Um, feel free to bring a friend. I think it would just be kind of a good time to do that because a lot of the topics we're going to be talking about are topics that, that all of us desperately need to hear. Um, especially the people who don't come here, the, the friends who are just at school and, and maybe are missing some of those things. So make sure you do that. So I was very intentional in writing this, this series this year um, about the order in which we're doing it. Um, because the order of how we've talked about this is, is very important. Before we can be in, in a healthy, true, loving relationship, we have to first understand the origin of love and where love came from. Then secondly, we need to understand how immensely God loves us. And then third, um, we have to love God and understand why we love God, because he loved us first. And then fourth, we have to understand that it's our call to love other people, not just the easy to love others in our lives, but even our enemies, everyone. And to constantly be checking our love output, we talked about last week, because if our love output is bad, then there's something missing in our relationship with Jesus. Because if we truly understand Jesus and what he did and how that relates to us, our love output should, should go way up from when before. All right, so that's, that's important. And after we have a grasp on all of that stuff, then and only then can we engage in a healthy dating or marriage relationship, a God-centered dating relationship or marriage. Now, can people love outside of this model? Yeah, it happens all the time. But the love that's expressed outside of this model is weak and it's shaky. The kind of, it's the kind of love that, um, what does that even say? Good grief. I don't even know what that says. Anyways, it's the kind of love that isn't from God. It's not the biblical model of love, and it's, it's human. 
and it's evil, and it's bad, and it's imperfect. So to get the biblical kind of model for what love should look like, we go to 1 Corinthians 13, known as the love chapter, uh, and go through verses 4 through 7. So open your Bibles to that. That's going to be our kind of main text tonight. This is, the, this is what love is. This is godly love, and if you go through the proper process and order and really grasp everything that we've talked about these last couple weeks, then you can have this kind of love. But if you don't, if you're missing one or more of the aspects of the love model, then you're not really going to be able to function in this kind of love. And anything else, anything that's less than this is just less than. It's not as good. It's inferior. It's settling for something that isn't as good. It's something far less than godly love. So we're going to talk about relationships. We're going to kind of talk, kind of go back and forth between talking about like marriages and dating, um, all obviously relevant to you. Oh, man, that must be hilarious. I don't like it when people just have inside jokes and don't let me join in. I hate that. It's the worst because I've never been cool in my life. So I'm always that guy who just sits there and is like people are laughing and just like, man, I wish I could be part of that group. I'm laughing with them. <sighs> Flashbacks. It's like, anyways. So we're going to kind of talk about these kinds of relationships. And uh, I, there's like this, I don't know what they call it, but you guys are familiar with like the who, what, when, where, and why model and how. Like if you're recording or reporting a story or something, you have to kind of figure out those different things and ask yourself those kind of questions to see what's going on. So we're going to kind of do that with relationships and see what's going on with the relationship. So the first thing we're going to talk about is the who. So who? Uh, the who, first of all, we're going to get really super basic, is man and woman. I'm going to hit you with some old school bibble. Genesis 2.24. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Therefore, man shall leave his father and uh, hold fast to his wife. That wife is woman. So here's the thing. Today, marriage is, is under attack. Um, people are trying to redefine marriage left and right and making it something that it isn't. But the problem with all of that is, like, if you're going to do whatever, whatever, but marriage is biblical. It finds its roots in the Bible um, and in this passage, this was the first marriage that kind of took place. There wasn't really a, a special ceremony where um, Adam and Eve sent out all these invites to the lions and dinosaurs. Um, they just kind of were married. There wasn't a lot of options, I guess, but they just were married. God created Adam, uh, Eve for Adam, and they were married out of that. That was the first marriage. And this is how, uh, just frankly, this is how marriage was designed, to be between a man and a woman. Time after time, as you're reading the Bible, it addresses the issues of marriage and sec sexual intimacy, and it's designed being between a man and a woman, and for sex, a married man and a married woman. And sex is another thing um, that has really been cheapened or changed in our culture today, becoming just this meaningless act. But it isn't meaningless. It's the complete opposite. It's the polar opposite. There's very little more meaningful things, right? It's two people coming together and becoming one. 
when two people become one, that, that's not meaningless. And there's a lot, a lot that comes with that. Um, so just to kind of flippantly engage in sex before marriage out of, outside of the design of sex, um, it, <laughs> it's difficult to do that. It's, it's difficult to introduce that, especially if you're in a dating relationship. It's difficult to introduce that into a dating relationship and that not control it and that not have uh, just kind of an interesting, not always great, pretty bad effect on your relationship. Um, and I think the thing is this. I think as Christians, sometimes it's easy for us to kind of stand on the definition of marriage and say it's a man and a woman and nothing else. Um, but when it comes to premarital sex, sometimes I think we look the other way or view it as, as not, a, not as big of a deal. But really, what's the difference? Because at the end of the day, we're taking something that God designed and using it in a different way, in a way that he didn't design it. So it's basically the same thing. So if you're standing on one of those issues and not the other, then that's a little messed up. It's a little hypocritical. Because we're both things, we're taking something... Uh, the way it was designed, knowing the way it was designed, and doing it in a manner which it wasn't designed. We're taking something that God made and doing it differently. That's not great. Uh, the other part of the who that I wanted to talk about was this concept of unequally yoked. This is a biblical term um, that we'll kind of unpack in a couple seconds here. Uh, it's referenced in 2 Corinthians 6.14. You can see it on the screen. It says, Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? Uh, so go to the next the picture. Um, this is what a yoke, a physical, literal yoke looks like. Um, it is the thing, let me see what the definition is. It's basically when um, two animals are kind of fastened together to help pull like a, a plow or a cart. Okay, so behind these cows usually that yoke would be attached to like a plow or a cart, and they were used all the time back in the day to help, like, plant stuff and farm stuff. I know I'm in a farming community, and I should probably be burned at the stake for saying it like that, but that's okay, right? So that's what kind of a yoke was. So the way this, this passage is talking about being unequally yoked is basically they're looking at this word yoked uh, as kind of um, working through life together. They're, they're referring to marriage, so don't be married to an unbeliever as a believer. Um, and that's really important um, because if you think about it, if you can't agree on the most important issue ever, then how are you going to agree on the other little issues that don't matter as much? Your faith is the biggest, most important thing about you. Your faith contributes to so much of who you are, or I guess at least it should. And if you're not on the same page with your faith, then it is going to be rough sailing in your lives. Now, I know that's about marriage, and that's kind of in the distance. So let's talk about it a little bit as it, as it pertains to dating and what that looks like. Now, just because a person isn't a Christian now, maybe, as you're dating them, doesn't mean that they won't at some point become a Christian before you marry them. That can happen. It also doesn't mean that they will become a Christian before you marry them either. Right, a lot of people have used dating as this witnessing tool um, to bring them to Jesus. And, you know, maybe it's worked a couple times, but the times I've seen it, 
and the people around me, it, it almost always backfires. Usually the one further from God drags the other one backwards because it's easier. Living that life further away from God is just easier because it requires less of us. It's more natural for us to follow our sinful nature and to live that kind of life. It's more difficult to, to live your lives for Christ. As we've been talking about a lot lately, it's difficult to be a follower of Jesus. And when you have one person who is a follower and another who isn't, it's going to be a lot easier for that follower to backslide because it's a lot easier to live that life away from God. Now, it does happen when a Christian dating a non-Christian, when that works out, okay. I have to legally say that. I don't. I just felt like I needed to. But it's super dangerous to do that, and it usually doesn't work out that way. So if this love interest of yours, I mean, maybe this love interest is just super hot. Uh, maybe they just have an awesome personality. They're funny. They make you laugh. They have super white teeth and a great jawline. Blah, blah, blah. But if he or she doesn't follow Jesus, it is not worth the pain that you will suffer later on. Hear me with that. What? What is all this mess? Let's talk about marriage first, shall we? Marriage first and foremost, is a permanent bond. Write that down in your little notebook. Marriage is a permanent bond. Mark 10, 9. It says these words, What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. Obviously here Jesus is talking about marriage. The, po the question was posed about divorcing a wife as a man. And Jesus responds with this, What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. Marriage was designed to be permanent, not something to quit on when times get tough or when we're just not feeling the love anymore. I think today society has just kind of made divorce such an easy option. I think if you go back in time a couple generations and talk to some couples who, who have been through it, I mean, they're going through, through, through troubles and stuff too, but back in their day, Divorce just wasn't really an option. It really wasn't on the table. They just, their only option was to, to stick through it and to power through. But to now, um, you know, divorce rates are super high, and, and it just seems like such an easy alternative. When, tough, when stuff gets tough in your marriage, and let me tell you, I've been married eight years, and it is difficult. It is very difficult. There's going to be times that are great and, and super awesome, and there's going to be times where you're just like, what is going on? What am I doing? Why did I propose? Or why did I say yes? You might get there a couple of times. I feel like that's part of the biz. It's, it's difficult. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Um, but even through that, you have to get to a point where that divorce just isn't an option because marriage is a permanent bond. Now, Jesus says that there are times when divorce is a valid option. He says when one of the, the partners are unfaithful, um, but people are divorcing for some pretty selfish, ridiculous reasons. And that's just not how marriage was designed, because marriage is a permanent bond. So now let's talk about the what of dating. What is dating? Uh, I think, long story short, dating is just focused on that goal of marriage. Because right, marriage should be the goal in dating. It should be. If it isn't, you're doing it wrong. Okay? 
dating should be focused on that end goal. A lot of times we don't even think about marriage as we date. And I get maybe some of you are younger and that just seems like so far off, but um, I mean, we just generally don't think long term. But that's exactly what dating is. It's more or less a tryout for the future. I think I've said that every year since I started Love Month. I need to come up with a, with a better line for that, I guess. I mean, dating is all about answering the question, can I marry this person? Can I spend the rest of my life with this person? You have to be thinking long-term as you're dating. And if you see a, a red flag, something that makes you question that the long-termness, I know it's not a word, just go with it, of the relationship, then bail quickly. When, so I don't have any sweet segues from point to point. All right. So this is going to be soups unpopular. Deal with it. Why don't you write down these four letters? W. A. I. T. Children, was that spell? Wait. As far as the wind goes of dating, the only thing I have to say to you, what did you say, Christian? <laughs> oh, you're hilarious, and you also can't spell. Is wait. Now, like I said, I understand most of you right now, your ears are gone. You have checked out completely because this isn't something you want to hear. We want to date now. Everyone else around us is dating. So, hey, we got it too. We can't be the only ones not dating someone. That would be silly. Problem. When we date out of this mindset, for this reason, we're defeating the entire purpose of dating. And you might as well not. And we're really setting yourself up for a lot of pain and, and failure in the future. Here's why I say wait. We are constantly changing physically, emotionally, especially right now for you guys as teenagers, you are constantly changing. You could go to bed tonight one way and wake up a completely different person tomorrow. You are constantly changing. Our brains continue to develop from birth until well after we're 18. So even after you're 18, there's major things that develop in your brain just physically that just uh, contribute to you changing as a human being. Man, you are a completely different person right now than when you will be when you're 30. Completely different. So how are you now supposed to pick the person you're going to spend the rest of your life with when you're 20, when you're 30, when you're 40, when you're 50? How are you right now when you are changing constantly supposed to pick that person who coincidentally is changing as well? It would be one thing if like you were the only one changing, you know, then maybe that could work out. But both of you are going to be constantly changing from now until you're older. How are you supposed to pick that person when you're going to be a completely different person? Okay, I'm a hypocrite. Here's why. Dina and I, my wife, started dating when, girlfriend, I was like 14. Uh, unofficially. Don't tell my parents. Um, I had the, the you can't date till you're 16 rule. So when I turned 16, literally on my birthday, I proposed to Dina the dating way, whatever that word is, proposing dating, probably just asked her out is probably what that's called. Yeah, I probably did give her a note. I was a big note guy. This one? I don't remember that part. Okay, but that, that's the unofficial start time. When I turned 16, that was later. 
um, and I think I was in school of that, that school over there when it happened. Um, so I started dating when I was pretty young, and listen to me, it worked. We're here, we're still together, we have three amazing kids, um, and I, I still love her, believe it or not. Um, but let me tell you, let me tell you she's going to. Baby, I love you. We are drastically different people from when we were 15, 16 years old. Drastically different. Um, some of that has been good, some of that maybe not awesome, um, but we kind of, I don't know if I want to say got lucky, because I kind of consider it God's sovereignty, but we, we changed in a, in a way where we changed together, where as we changed, we were still compatible. And hear me, that does happen. I've, I've heard some stories of people just like Dean and I who have been dating forever, and they got married, and everything's fine and dandy. But I've also seen stories of people who have been dating forever, got married, and then changed so drastically where they just lived so unhappy lives because they're married to someone completely different than they initially thought. And that happens all the time. So you have to understand that, that we're, we keep changing, and I get it. It may seem hypocritical or easy for me to say, but hear me, as long as you can, wait. Set yourself up with the best chance of success, of happiness and true love, and wait. Now maybe you find that person. Maybe you find that person when you're younger. That happens, it happened to me. But play the odds and wait. Why? <laughs> me neither. Huh? Why? Why? No. Yeah, I know. I know how it goes. It's just irrelevant to talk about tonight. Why? Uh, so the why is kind of talking about why, why we sp spend our lives together with someone else. It's kind of what we're talking about here. So I feel like we kind of talked about the why do we date and stuff like that. Uh, the first reason why we, we kind of go through lives with other people is simply to have a helper or a partner have someone to go through life with. Um, Adam received Eve as a partner, someone to live with. God saw Adam and he's like, man, that dude's lonely. He needs someone just to be there with him. And that's why Eve was created, to, to, to more or less be his helper, to help him go through life and do different things, make decisions, blah, 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 uh, and to keep him company. Um, because we are people who uh, can become lonely. I'm even like a super introvert, and I love being alone. But if I was alone all the time, uh, I'd probably do some really weird things. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so thank goodness for my wife, who keeps me from doing super weird things. All right, so to me, Dina is my helper, my partner. She's the one that I go to. We make decisions together. Um, thank goodness, because I'm terrible at making decisions sometimes. Um, so we do that together, and that's one reason why we enter into this kind of relationship. The next one is going to be fun, uh, because we have sexual desires children. Instead of me explaining this one, I think we'll just go to the Bible. I think that'd be safer, because I'll probably say something weird. 1 Corinthians 7, 1 through 5. It's going to be on the screen. So this is Paul writing to the church of Corinth. Now concerning the matters about which you wrote, is it, no, I'm sorry, it is 
good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman. But because of the temptation to sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. The husband should give to his wife her conjugal rights, which is, got me? And likewise, the wife to her husband. For the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. Likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Do not deprive one another except perhaps by agreement for a limited time that you may devote yourselves to prayer, but then come together again so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Here's the thing. We were created um, with certain sexual desires. Okay? I made it through it. I didn't think I was going to, but I did. We're created with that inside of us. All right? That's an urge inside of, in, uh, inside of all of us. And marriage is the kind of um, biblical way to um, eliminate those urges, or maybe not eliminate, but uh, have an outlet for those urges. Catch me? Yeah? Um, so we look at Paul's life, okay? And Paul said something. I forget exactly where it was, but he said, Something to the effect of that if you can, it is better for you to live a life without um, a, a wife or a husband, right? To completely sell out and devote your entire life to just serving Jesus. But he also says that that's not for everybody. Not everybody can do that. Paul did that, but not everybody can do that. I would say probably few people can. He said it's better for you to marry and to release your sexual desires within the realm of God's design than for you to go and sin. Because if you try to live that lifestyle, and that lifestyle is not for you, um, then you're going to mess up. You're going to make mistakes, and you're going to sin sexually, and that is not good. So uh, marriage is kind of an outlet just for our sexual desires as well. So it's, it's to provide a, a helper and a partner to go through life with and also an outlet for our sexual desires as well. Okay? And it was awkward, but we powered through. So remember these things. Before we can be in a healthy, true, loving relationship, we have to first understand the origin of love. Second, understand how immensely God loves us. Third, love God and understand why we love God. And then fourth, understand that it's our call to love others. And after we do these things, then we can start working towards a relationship like this. But we have to remember the things we talked about tonight with marriage and dating. We have to remember the who, the what, the when, the why. We have to be so intentional when we date. Because there's a lot at stake. I think for a lot of people, dating has just become this meaningless thing that they just do for whatever reason to, to fit in or for whatever else, just to have companionship. But that's really not what it is. It's, it's a tryout for the future. It's your opportunity to figure out who the person you're going to spend the rest of your life with is. And that's a huge deal. And we need to start treating it as such. Cool? Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you. I thank you for everything you've done. Lord, I thank you um, just for giving us the opportunity to, to enter into these kind of relate, relationships, Lord, dating relationships and, uh, and marital relationships, God. Lord, there's, there's a lot of good in them, and, and you set them up in, in such a great way, Lord, but we need to understand that there's, 
that there's a lot at stake with these things, and it's not something that we need to enter into flippantly or without thinking about it or without being intentional about God. Even when it comes to dating, it may seem like just such a meaningless thing. God, I pray you would just help correct our view of dating and in marriage, Lord, that we would view dating as, as a trial for the future, as looking ahead and seeing if this person is a person that I could spend the rest of my life with. God, help us be intentional. Help us to, to think about all these different things. Help us to, to go to your word and remember the things your word says about these different things, Lord, so that we can be living our lives um, inside of your will, God, that we can be utilizing these things within your design for them. God, I pray you would help us do that. Lord, help us be intentional. Help us to be thinking about the future and what that looks like. In your name we pray. Amen.